0: Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. Finally, the day has come to travel to Cabot Cove and discuss (laughs) Murder, She Wrote. To help us explore the coziness of this legendary show, we're joined by Ben and Marissa, hosts of the Murder, She Wrote breakdown podcast, Murder, We Spoke. Welcome.
1: Hi. Hey, guys. (laughs) Hi.
0: Hi. Thank you so much for being here, and also for sitting through fully an hour of us trying to figure out the technology. So we are really indebted
2: to you.
1: Well, I fully enjoyed it, so <laughs> no problem here.
2: It's it was like it was like looking in a mirror because that's every time I try to do a podcast. It's like, oh no, it's going to take an hour on top of actually recording it. Cool. Yeah. That's and, no, that's how that's how podcasts work, guys. You're behind the scenes.
0: Everything stopped working, and now we're even recording without headphones on, which I'm typically used to hearing the sound of my own voice, which. Really, again, I was saying this earlier, defeats the point of me doing a podcast. Cause that's why I started one. And so <laughs> I'm only kind of half pleased right now with how everything's going because I can't hear it myself.
3: Well, we had lovely banana bread. That's right. That you guys ben brought, brought banana yeah. bread. Thank you so much. Had Reese's I, in it.
0: And Marissa. No, Ben brought it. It was a little dry, though, guys. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. I liked I it a I loved lot. It. No, I thought it was delicious. Okay. You're too hard on yourself. Thank, Thank you.
3: <laughs> it was we
0: 're all yeah. things cozy, so <laughs> <laughs> that 's our job so um so you have a podcast about murder. She wrote, and we 're so excited to have you because this is a topic that we 've been meaning to discuss forever. I feel like it was the first one of the first things we talked about like we 're starting an all things cozy mm-hmm. podcast. we eventually have to do a Murder, She Wrote episode, and I took it so seriously that I was waiting for the right time. You searched
3: high
2: and low. Waiting for the right <laughs> guest.
0: I really did search high and low, and then I found your podcast, and I was like, this is perfect. They have to come on and talk about the show. So thank you so much. We're finally ready.
2: And we live like <laughs> two miles away, so it's like right down the street. So it's It, it really, could be better. It's uh, serendipity is what it is.
0: <laughs> All right, so the, the segment that we normally start with is what's making you feel cozy this week. What's making me feel cozy this week is the Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler show making it, which is basically
2: the Great British Baking Show.
0: You know what? You should just host this
2: podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I, I just know exactly what you're gonna say because it is it's the Great <laughs> British Baking Show, but with people doing crafts instead of baking, and it's every bit as wonderful and charming and delightful as exactly. The Great British so British British
0: basically, show. they took the formula of the Great British Bake Off and they just mm-hmm. made it crafts it's even like it's the same format and everything it's like the same number of contestants one's eliminated per week mm-hmm. but instead of baking a delicious uh pastry we've never heard of before they're making i don't know a terrarium yes so it's it's super cozy and i think it really knows that it's clearly the producers were like we need to just do the same thing but we need to put our spin on it which was crafting and they're
3: great friends in real life and too. they're great friends in real so, life they have excellent layer.
0: chemistry yeah um, I love the judges, and um, again, if I had anything put together today, I would have written down their names, but I don't know. They're funny, and you, you know, you, slowly you learn to appreciate the crafters. There is one thing, though, I wish they did, which is I wish they had more of like, doing the same thing, because each crafter has their own focus, and so one's into felt, one's into, I don't know, like wood woodworking, and so it's hard to judge when the medium is totally different. Whereas in Bake Off, you had like they all had the, the same exact same task. ingredients; yes. they're making the same things. So you could really tell as a viewer, like, "Oh, that's terrible." So I, d-
2: I do wish they had something like Bake Off, where it was, "Okay, yeah, we're going to give you all this kind of blanket craft thing." I wish mm-hmm. they were just like, "We're stealing their idea, right. just steal it outright." Don't be like have a technical challenge where everybody kind of has to make the same thing from this kind of s- small set of instructions and see how well people do. I wish they had done something like that. Because, yeah, everybody in their own discipline, it's like judging art is probably the dumbest thing ever. Like right. it's just so hard. It's, it's so hard.
3: And Nick Offerman, doesn't he specialize in wood making? Right. So he might have a little bias perhaps? He,
2: he
0: does have like m- more glowing feedback for the woodworkers, that's for sure. So I, I call foul as well.
1: Mm.
2: But he's that. I feel like that's why he's not one of the judges. He's like, I understand right. my own bias. But they do have the woman from Etsy as one of the judges, the woman oh, who yeah. runs... Who like does and she only just active.
0: talks about like if if things are trendy or not?
2: Oh, that's God. exactly what I was going to say. If you want to <laughs> hear the the phrase on trend a lot, she's <laughs> your gal because she is always talking on trend. Those tassels tassels are so on trend right now. These earrings are. I see these like terrariums on Etsy are so on trend right now, it's like oh dear. And
0: if it's not on trend, God help you. Why would you bother? I know. Why would you bother?
2: And what's the price?
0: The price is a hundred thousand dollars, which is way more serious than the. The pie platter they give the Bake Off people.
2: <laughs> I, t- to be honest, it's like you know what I wish they had just given them like because they give them patches like it's right. so, so adorable. They give them patches when they win a, a challenge. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. wish that they had like just you have you get a big patch when you win. Like the money isn't the point; it's the prize. Prestige. Like prestige. Yeah. It's the prestige. Thank you. Yeah, they could have. It's almost too much money. It's obscene. It is an insane amount of money for like a like midsummer like an August show. It just started in August on right. NBC. It's like. It already got picked up for season two. Oh. Thank goodness. I
3: was, a little, I, I was a little nervous for that show. When they announced it, I wanted it to work, but yes. I wasn't sure.
2: And they so. dropped it. Yeah, they dropped it in August. And I was like, I saw a couple billboards, but I had no idea what it was for. And it's not like I'm watching NBC on the regular to know what it's about. Well, maybe Luckily, they have some clout there. Yeah, I think that's exactly what I was like. Oh, Parks and Rec, our last hit show? Yeah, fine. You can have, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You can do whatever you want.
0: Yeah. What are they going to spend all that money on anyway? Like hot glue and buttons and... Apparently felt. felt. Yeah, you mentioned yeah. felt a lot. <laughs> um, a lot. <laughs> sorry. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm really over mentioning felt, felt. You keep but your felt fetish to, to yourself. You're in mixed <laughs> company. It's embarrassing. I just felt like I had to mention it. That's actually a joke from the show. Folks. <laughs> anyway, check it out. It's so cozy. It kind of makes you sick.
2: Absolutely. I will say <laughs> there's one thing. It's like there is a downer in the first episode. Oh. I don't know if I even want to spoil it. Can you
3: spill the beans? It.
2: I'll spoil it. But there's a, an older gay gentleman on the show, mm-hmm. and they're kind of talking about, because like, the first thing they had people do was like a family thing, make a, a family album, like an out-of-the-box family album. And he was like, well, I don't really talk to my family. When I came out, my family sent a black wreath to my work and said, <laughs> in, mem- that, in, in memory of our dead son. And it's like, <gasps> whoa. So he's like, so I don't talk to them anymore. And it's like, can he win now? He should win now, Did right? he grow like, up in an episode of
0: Dynasty? How
2: I, did that happen? Exactly. Black it's like, Marie? yeah, what soap opera did you grow up? So I was like, that is like, and it comes out of nowhere, because it is this happy, fun show. Yeah. And it's like, oh, by the way, this most horrible thing that you've <laughs> ever heard of <laughs> happened to me. But also, I like to cut out paper, and it's like, okay.
0: That's not even where I thought you were going with that, because in that same episode, there's an older woman who I felt so sorry for, who no. ends up getting cut. Spoiler. That's a real spoiler. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Cut from the show and cut her hand. She bled all over her yes. craft at the end. It was so sweet and heartbreaking. She like truly put her blood, sweat, and tears into the craft, only to go home.
2: And here, and the thing is, the stuff she bled on, she literally took like her grandma's old crochet stuff and like repurposed it, and then bled all over See, it. This is it's, too much.
1: Like, it's, I, it's this too shows that it's heart bleeding. Grandma's. Yeah. I was gonna say the that's a reason I don't watch any competition shows is because I get heartbroken when anyone leaves like her immediately i would start crying once a gay dude leaves tears so i try that that i could watch the great british baking show show because i feel like they're nice to each other right oh yeah
0: oh yeah they're really sweet i need
1: that i can't watch
0: and they're really nice to each other on on making it too
1: yeah but once someone leaves i'm like oh they're on national tv and she got eliminated in the first round and
0: I know. It's really I really, really, sad I really wanted the grandma to make it at least to the second episode. It almost felt like ageist that she got eliminated first. It's like, now, sorry she can't make things fast enough. She's oh, making it so fast. She's no. bleeding all over it.
1: But now that I know, I feel like I can watch it because if I can't anticipate who's going to leave ahead of time, I won't get attached and I can just keep it going.
2: But the one, the one good thing about that this show does that other shows don't is when they eliminate people at the end, instead of just being like, Credits roll, this person's gone, and we're done. They go back to, like, Amy and Nick, like, are on the porch of this little tiny house, and the person gets to come up, and they do, like, a little bit and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, they're not oh, really gone. Nice. They're just... Yeah, fine. So it's, like, they make it... Like, yeah, you lose, but you get got to go hang out with Amy and Nick for a little bit, and it's fine.
3: Definitely going to watch this later. Yes.
2: Check it out. Yeah.
0: Julian, what's making you feel cozy this week?
3: Twitter conversations between good old Willie Geist and his wife.
0: Okay. You have to qualify that because Twitter conversations is already bringing me into a not cozy. (laughs) I know. I know how you feel
3: about Twitter. (laughs) Willie was one of my cozy celebrities in the past and just scrolling through Twitter and I noticed some cute banter between him and his wife. I think they've been good for a long time and they believe they have two kids, but I could be wrong on that. And so they had this one conversation where I guess they had done the laundry on their, their bed, changed their sheets and Willie was so tired he just wanted to sleep on top of the bed because, you know, <laughs> you do your laundry late at night on a Sunday, mean. and you don't feel like that freaking fitted sheet. Mm-hmm. It's the vein of my and trying to get it on, and it always pops off. And I will admit, i slept on a very mattress in my day. Um, of
1: course, <laughs> yeah.
0: Not even a towel on top of it?
1: No. no. <laughs> I just sweat in my sleep. I'm just mm-hmm. like I'm clean. I'm fine.
3: <laughs> and so then his wife was like, "There's no way we're sleeping on a bare mattress." It's like a silly conversation, but they so. It's not just they're trying to be hashtag relatable. It's just cute little banter that they have. So it's a nice. You're part of them at all?
0: Do you interrupt? Yeah, I debate? jump in. Yeah. Give my
3: get on the get on the Put big debate. Fitted
2: sheet on Billy. <laughs> Stop. You're
3: like I've done it. Silly Willy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hashtag team fitted cheat. That silly
3: Willy Geist. <laughs>
2: That's why you don't want to come over to my house because we just had two weekends in a row with house guests. Don't worry you guys, I'm okay. I survived. It's a, it's fine. But my husband is like, "Oh, you need to wash the sheets before the next house guests get here." I'm like, "I don't are you are you riling me up? Is that true? Cuz I don't think that's a thing." It's so
3: daunting. He's they like, they won't
2: know. Exactly. He's like, "No, you definitely have to." And I was like, "But the it's a fitted sheet and I don't want to put it on that bed." And he's like, "No, you have to." So if you're a house guest in my house and I have any say-so, you're sleeping on old sheets. Just FYI. You've been warned. It's, just, it's just too
3: much to ask. I mean, I wish they had these huge fitted sheets. I should get an like, extra, extra, extra large or something and just call it a tent on my bed or something. You should something. just get a hammock.
0: <laughs> That's what it sounds like.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard... It's a struggle. Apparently, you have a perfect fitted sheet.
0: No, hurt, hurt, but, no. you know, it's just... it's Palms
3: for me over there.
0: It's just a fact of life that I've come to accept.
3: I still
1: haven't,
3: I guess. Uh, tw- <laughs> 20, almost 29.
1: I fall asleep on the couch and then wait for my boyfriend to do it. And then I pretend to wake up and I'm like, oh, you made the bed. Thank you. So that just makes <laughs> sense. I gotta try it. that yeah. one
3: out.
0: How about you? What, what's making you feel cozy this week?
1: So there's a Netflix movie called To All the Boys I Loved Before. And I had no idea what it was about. I just saw people tweeting about it saying, they felt sick and they watched it on their couch and all of a sudden felt better. So I decided to watch it. So and it, it has
0: Magical Properties.
1: Yeah. It was so heartwarming. So it's – do have you – either of you seen it? No. I, it's, no it's in my I was, list, Yeah, though, it's on I mean my list. Too. Okay. So it's about – I guess it's based off a novel, but a girl – basically she had written five letters that got mailed out to boys she had crushes on before and so and she's in high school and it seems almost cringeworthy, but it's a that good kind of cringing where you're kind of squealing mm-hmm. and it's really cute and I don't know I think I also like it because they're showing not just white people on TV but just in a normal setting and I think that was really refreshing and the the dad was from Aiden from Sex in the City, so that was familiar. Oh. Yeah, so I really like that. and um, Glad Harry's getting work. Exactly. And from Pretty Little Liars, if anyone watches that, Mona. Stop. Yeah. (laughs) You have my attention. So Mona is the older sister. And it just was familiar. And it Mm. was very, um, it wasn't too long. But it just was one of those things that made you feel good. And I've been telling everyone to watch it. Because it just made me happy. And oh, it's one list. of those shows I'm going to be able to rewatch watch our movies over and over again.
0: It sounds great. Netflix has been killing it with the heartwarming teen dramas. Like, Alex Strangelove was also really nice.
1: I have a question about the
3: plot. I've, did you say that the character is in the future these letters accidentally
1: got sent out? Or it was when she's a teen? So, she's in high school. And whenever she has a crush on, like, a boy from Campers, I don't know, something... She wrote a letter just to get the emotions out, but then just tucked it away in a desk drawer. Ah, And then they got sent out. um, Who sent them? Her little sister. Because she's kind of... Her older sister leaves for college, so now she's an older sister, and the mom had passed away. Which Mm -hmm. makes it seem like it's also going to be really cringy and sad. But they do it really well, and you see the sister relationship, and I don't know. It's hard to describe. It just is one of those movies that makes you feel so happy. Kind of like a you've got mail where Sounds it's like good. Yeah, where even if it's something bad happens, it's really not that bad mm-hmm. and it all ends up I don't know, heartwarming.
0: Ben, how about you? What's making you feel cozy this week?
2: Uh the dish of chili. <laughs> <laughs> just chili. I've had I I feel like I'm trying to force fall, which is crazy cuz it's August in LA so we have at least 3 more months of summer left. But I just want it to be fall so bad so I'm just like
3: Yeah. slow
2: cooker chili had it going in my house this weekend and i was like this is great i'll turn the air conditioning down a little more so it feels cold even though it's 90 degrees outside Mm -hmm. but even my husband was like after labor day that's the one coming up right he's like let's decorate our house for halloween let's be like one of those weird christmas people (laughs) who decorates so far in advance let's just decorate two months of halloween i'm like i'm on board
0: god bless you i'm totally behind that i i did the same thing last year so this is my kind of year off of that. I'm going to start a little later than I usually do, but I completely am the same. Like I want mm-hmm. fall to be here. Someone was tweeting about pumpkin spice lattes. I guess they're out now. This or? is yeah. the week. This, this is, is the week they're out. So is it
3: every same week every year?
2: Pretty much. Pumpkin spice frosted flakes are on the shelves now. Apparently. Oh
3: yeah. All the se- you know it's... the drugstores have all their Halloween stuff out. Oh
2: already. yeah. It's so
0: oh, it's here, guys. Yeah. I will always have a pumpkin spice latte in LA, even though I'm sweating in August. Because i just need to as, f- to feel like it's fall
1: as wide as i am i don't like pumpkin spice lattes <laughs> i like the i don't know like pumpkin bread and other stuff but there's something Pump- about that bread. spice i'm not for so mm-hmm. it's a one thing actually though if you put um fireball in a pumpkin spice latte it's like a cinnamony pumpkin and that's Ooh. the one it's like a good morning like <laughs> I sound like an alcoholic. Oh, good like, morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to go uh, tailgating for a football game, and it was so early in the morning. But it, you obviously have to be drunk for a football game. So yeah. it's like, oh, just mix it with coffee and then have a great rest of your day. So, that's the tip. only time I'll drink I pumpkin f- spice if it's mixed with mix I fireball. I feel like
0: fireball in a pumpkin spice latte sounds like it should be a standard recipe at bars. It should be. We yeah. call it a
1: jack-o'-lantern, <laughs> and it's perfect. So oh. That is wonderful. Yeah.
0: Now, that's, that's cozy.
1: Someone's <laughs> going to steal that.
0: And also chili. I mean, that's amazing too. I think chili, 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 chili. Finally, chili finally had its due on this podcast. It's been. A, it's about I mean,
2: time. Is there a cozier food? Maybe a pot pie. But I mean, come on.
0: So our next segment is cozy locations, where we describe some a place that's making us cozy forever. I guess it could be any from any time in your life. Julian, would you care to get us started? What's your cozy location? this sure. week? Sure.
3: I don't know why it came across my mind but I went to a writing retreat called Porches in Virginia maybe it was like five or so years ago and what's interesting is the people who own this writing retreat lived in LA their whole entire lives and they're directors and they would go scouting around the world for different locations and when they're in Virginia they came across this old abandoned farmhouse off of the James River and they decided to restore it and just make it a writing retreat and what I mean by a writing retreat is just a gorgeous beautiful house where you pay $69 a night to just write in total silence and amid beautiful scenery it's just so gorgeous yeah it's it, to give I guess a little context it's right outside this town called Lovingston which is not too far from Charlottesville it's such a cool little town and it's such a nice feeling to just be in the middle of nowhere but in also in a beautiful house <laughs> so it's not like you're camping or anything um, and I have a little description in the About section that I just thought was like a super cozy uh, description of it. And the people who run it, uh, Tr- Trudy is her name, and she's just a really sweet woman. And, I
1: feel like any woman named Trudy yeah, has to be welcoming. Yeah, she just leaves
3: you alone, but it's also make sure you have everything you need. And the rooms are so cozy. A little writing desk, quilts. It just has that sounds so ideal. the nine yards. Um, so the description is, Spacious porches and large private rooms provide peaceful views of wooded river bluffs and pastures. After a day of writing, enjoy sitting on the porches, sipping wine as you watch deer browse among the fruit trees.
1: Um, Literally can you go there tomorrow? <laughs> and it's so cheap. Ideal. I
3: mean, like, when you really think about it, for all you're getting, $69 a night when compared to other writing retreats, quote unquote, that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. That's a good deal. Yeah.
0: Are there? Is it crowded or is it just you?
3: Well, there's only a certain amount of rooms. So I think there's about maybe five rooms and they have communal spaces, the living room, and they have all these amazing knickknacks because, like I said, they're directors and they're scouted locations all over the world. So you just look through all their treasures and little knickknacks and then you go up to your room and there's, you know, it's a quiet floor and stuff like that. But I think mm-hmm. about maybe five or so rooms, so... You're we never bombarded by people. I think I saw me one person.
0: Does everyone get their own porch, or you share porches?
3: Gotta share your porches, <laughs> but it was nice just to walk onto the porch at night and just see the the stars. I you don't really think about on the East Coast, but you can. It was a beautiful view, and just, just standing out on the porch. That's why it's called porches. That sounds
0: amazing. Yeah, That's so I'm, I'm surprised it took you this long to mention it.
3: That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> I like oh this. Is, I had this up my sleeve.
0: You were holding on us. You were hoping this podcast would be over and done with before you could so have to porches.
3: If you're in give up porches
0: now yeah. it's going to be overrun with writers. I know. <laughs> um, my cozy location this week is the Montelbon Theater rooftop in Hollywood. Have you been to that at all?
1: No, but I've heard of it. and I've been wanting to go.
0: I had no idea it existed, but the other week I had a date. To see Slenderman with a f- with a, a friend, and you know that's already starting out really cozy. <laughs> and because we're off of Movie Pass, we look up and and it's, everything's spotty, so no Slenderman showings. Yeah. In you know ever so, we couldn't see that masterpiece unfortunately. So didn't see Slenderman, but they found this like double feature of um oh god
3: oh it was um. Of Adam Sandler movie. Yeah.
0: And what's, what's the one with, um, it's not happy Gilmore. It's Billy Madison. Thank you. So they found a double. Fe- yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'd be doing without you. me. A double feature of Billy Madison and something about the Phantom of Liberty. And so this is high low series. And so they're showing like a classic film. That's, um, well regarded about a similar topic and, and alongside like a, a lowbrow comedy. And, I mean, it was a work night, so I did not make it to the good movie, so I watched...
2: Oh, my God, I'm flinging on the name again. Billy
3: Madison. <laughs> Billy Madison.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, what? you
2: didn't make it to the good movie, so you just saw The Phantom of Liberty? <laughs> <laughs> Billy
0: Madison is so bad. I, I I, I can't express how much I despise Billy Madison. And also, I don't know. I just, I. just, It must have been a different time, because I feel like it reminds me of when I'm watching The Three Stooges, and I'm like, well, I guess somebody at some point found this funny, but... You watch it now, and you're like, huh, God bless him. I don't know. It was, yeah, it was so easy to please people back then. To be fair, I
2: probably haven't seen it since I was like in my late teens. But I oh, feel re-watch like watch it. <laughs> even that that scene at the end, though, when he gives that rambling answer, and the guy that's judging the competition does that. And we're all stupider for having heard it. Speech mm-hmm. that's still got to be funny. Oh, that though, right? guy's
0: brilliant. That okay. actor and all of his lines are wonderful.
2: Okay, I was like that because in my mind that is the first thing I think of when I think. There about
0: are, movie. I mean, it's not without its merits. It has like three funny scenes, including that one. But otherwise, you're just watching Adam Sandler do baby talk, and I don't know why anyone <laughs> wants to watch that. Anyway, I, I, that's not the point. The point is, <laughs> the rooftop theater at the Montalban is wonderful, and nobody was there. It was just uh, like maybe thirty to fifty people. And you're on the roof, and basically how it works is you're looking at, they're projecting the movie, but they give you headphones that are wirelessly connected to the sound system, and so, because it would disturb the neighbors. And so the sound's really low, but you put the headphones on, you can adjust your volume however you like it. So it's almost like one of those, like, silent raves. Okay, like one I mean, of those discos, things. Yeah, so the silent that... disco. And you said they had chairs, and, too. And they had chairs, beach chairs. Which like, is important. No standing I don't like required. just sitting on my butt. They had, there was a stand yeah. for Umami Burger. There was... Um, okay. They had drinks. They had like a couple plate, like the different types of bars open. They had popcorn, other other food. It was delightful. It was really Went there
1: on Vanderpump Rules.
2: Really? <gasps> yeah.
1: For seeing La La Land. I was uh,
2: literally going to say, I feel like I know someone who saw La La Land there, but no, it's just my friend Stassi I remember on Vanderpump that episode, Rules. Yes. Oh, I like, okay, okay. That because that yeah, that looks freaking amazing. Well, anyway,
0: in conclusion, that's how my night to see <laughs> Slenderman Vanderpump- turned into a magical evening watching. Billy Madison uh, on the rooftop of the Montalban Theater. <laughs> well,
2: that sounds great. I love the I just love the idea of doing the highbrow lowbrow. Yeah. That's such it a was good it idea. was a
0: cool idea for a series. How about okay. you? What's your cozy location?
2: I'm mine's super boring and I apologize up front, but it's my couch. I've been going that's through a solid that, That's solid. I just downloaded I just my friend just turned me on to this app called Letterboxd, mm-hmm. which is nothing special. It's just where you track the movies you watch and you like add them to your diary and you have a watch list and you like can write like little reviews and kind of interact with other people about like movies and stuff. Oh, it's a community. Yeah. So it was like, great. And I'm, I've just been watching. It's been really kind of not forcing me to, but make me want to watch a lot more movies and like go back and like people that I like are like watch this old classic movie that I've actually never seen. It's like, okay, fine. Now it's finally time to see it. And it's like, so I'm like discovering new movies that I've never seen before. So I'm just like,
3: what better place for your couch?
2: I'm just on my couch a lot, a lot watching movies. Like, I watched like The Informer, which is like a John Ford movie from the mid 30s. Mm-hmm. And I watched Conspiracy, which is like the just Nazis. It's 12 Angry Men with Nazis. And it's, <laughs> but it's great. But it's just like all these movies that I never would have gotten around to. And it's like I'm just sitting on my couch and.
3: It's probably a cool app. I never Do heard
2: they of have it. Billy
0: Madison on Letterboxd?
2: You can give it a half-star review because <laughs> there's five stars, so you get to rate all the movies that you, that you watch. And, yeah, you can go give it. The, like the most cathartic thing I did was giving Mother, that Jennifer Lawrence movie, half a star, the lowest. Nice. One. Wow. <laughs> it was, That's a
0: pretty polarizing movie. I don't, I, I'm curious as to where I'll stand on that once I finally see it. It's, it's on Amazon Prime. It so. is now,
2: yeah. It's on the streaming service. Yeah. So get on there. Get on Letterboxd. My name is Plan 9, so you can mm-hmm. tell me. And Batman versus Superman is in my top ten movies of all time, so you come to tell me how bad my taste is if you oh, want. Oh, wow.
0: That's that's bold. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have a lot of friends on Letterboxd and they, they love it. I, w- I really wish I had joined earlier because at this point I feel like it's just, I've lost the chance to track the movies I've seen in my life because at this point it, it it's is, gone.
2: Well, it's almost worth it because when you first sign up, it's like, to get you started, we're just going to show you movie yeah. posters and you just do the ratings. And it's mm-hmm. like, so I literally like you flip through all these movies and it's just like, it's it was just so fun. Like. Because I was, I literally, I, I take the bus. So I, 90 minute bus ride home, flipping through and rating movies for 90 minutes.
1: It was great.
0: Marissa, what is your cozy location?
1: So my cozy location is actually my mom's backyard. So mm. I'm, while well, everyone is escaping the heat during summer, I'm, always freezing especially because working in our office it's like 50 degrees out so I've been enjoying going to my mom's backyard so she has a pool and just laying out by myself and having that privacy and just warming my bones and then when I get Mm. too warm just jumping in the pool but I'm able to read and listen to podcasts and just kind of have that alone time but still be able to because in my apartment building there's a pool but then I don't know. There's neighbors, or if I'm at no the one wants to see a neighbor I would never use a neighbor pool. <laughs> exactly. So I can just kind of look like a grunge ball and like read a book and stay warm and toasty and then just go inside and have my mom cook me food. So Seems it's like, that's like nice. an oasis. There's nothing better than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Exactly. And then I just go upstairs because then I'm covered in sunscreen. It's like, I, I don't know. Then I just go upstairs and you're back at home. I don't know. It's very nice.
0: Well, Marissa's mom's address will be in the show notes. So yeah, if you absolutely. Want to experience Come find experience us. It's that cozy location. Just look there. She
1: would probably welcome everyone with open <laughs> arms too that's the thing
0: are we ready guys to to tackle the yeah. big the big topic Diving for today in. i
1: think we're here yeah
0: this has been a year in the making this topic i'm so excited we're finally here i almost feel like i guess the podcast is over after this episode because it doesn't get cozier than murder she wrote Thank you so much again for being here to help guide us through as experts. You've seen m- many episodes because I'm ashamed to say that as much as I love Murder, She Wrote, and as m- many episodes as I watched as a child with my grandmother, I don't really, I've in my adult life, I really have only watched like a handful of season one episodes. Like, and you know, you catch it on cable occasionally, right. but it's, it's, it's some, it's a show that I love, but that I'm embarrassed that I really haven't ever just stuck it out and watched the entire thing. So Neither I'm, have
1: we, so it's okay. Yeah, we, but you, <laughs> you
0: have watched many more episodes right. than I have, 40 so, something,
1: right? right? Yeah, but I'm actually kind of, it's funny because I'm the opposite of everyone, where everyone watched it growing up with their grandparents and everything else. We didn't watch it until we were adults, and my grandma used to force me to watch like Chucky, <laughs> like. All those scary movies. So this is like, it doesn't remind me of my grandmother, but it's still cozy and comforting. Mm-hmm. And I love it just as I've been watching it my entire life.
3: Well, what got you guys into it? Or what made you guys decide to go down the murder she wrote?
2: Well, we used to host a podcast called Pretty Little Podcasters where we recapped the show Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> Is, Gotta listen. This is like I'm very embarrassed. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh no, god! No, <laughs>
3: don't,
2: don't feel any embarrassment. It's like, is this an intervention? Why are you making me admit these? You have to admit you have a problem before you can be helped. Okay. We're already
0: people with podcasts. It doesn't get worse. We're at the rock bottom. Have no, there's no, there's no more shame to have. So, and you're in a safe okay. space. We're we're with you.
2: Okay. So <laughs> during the hiatus, we would watch other movies and stuff that the cast of Pretty Little Liars was in, and on the show, Meg Foster plays like a scary old woman who like tells the fort fortunes or whatever. Okay. And we're like looking at like what's something she was in. We can watch cause she's great. We love her. She wasn't He-Man by the way. I don't know why we didn't watch He-Man and the masters of the universe. But anyway, she was on an episode of murder. She wrote and we're like, Oh, that silly old show. This is going to be, we'll watch this and make fun of it. Cause it'll be dumb. And then we watched it and we're like, Oh no, this is amazing. <laughs> I loved every second of that. <laughs> There's nothing to mock. I'm just in love with this show.
1: It literally made us feel so good that immediately we're like, we have to do something more <laughs> with this because just from the theme song and the montages and the, uh, the camera work is just, it was all, and it's all old people. It's just so fun comforting to watch so we just kind of jumped on them it's a solid pick you can't really and
0: you're filling your a niche that is really oddly
2: empty there aren't yeah that's what many you were saying, Matt. Murder we couldn't find
3: a lot of podcasts
2: i think we're the last ones left standing because there have been others yeah because we thought like <laughs> no they don't exist anymore yeah. i saw to that yeah. but we watched like because i was like oh in my head, before we even watched, it, I was like, "Oh, we could do a podcast about this. Like, we'll make fun of it. People watch it, and it's like, when we started doing the podcast after, we loved it. It's like, oh no, there's still so many people that watch it all the time that love it, and it's we're not like just like the ironic kids watching the mm-hmm. silly show. It's like, no, it's like we love the show, and people who listen to the podcast love the show too, and like, it is those people who grew up like watching it with their grandparents and have these very fond memories of it, mm-hmm. and we have our listeners recommend the episodes for us to watch. So I like that. Cause then like episodes that hold a special place for them that they mm-hmm. really liked are the ones that we're watching and we're watching kind of for the first time. So I just, yeah, it's just super like, and everybody is so nice. Everybody like, if you watch murder, sure. Wr- she wrote, you're probably like a really nice person.
3: Yeah. I was going to ask. So your demographic, is it mostly people who your grandmas watch the show? Now they're just catching up with it.
1: Or is it, Older people who are nostalgic for it. I feel like it's a kind of combo of everything. There's a lot of people who watched it growing up and continue to watch it to feel good. But then there's also people who are sharing it with their children mm. and kind of passing along the the torch. The torch, yeah, for Murder She Wrote, because I think it just elicits that good feeling that they want to reciprocate with other people going forward. So
0: before we go dive into Murder She Wrote as a show. How would you describe it to somebody who has never seen it before?
2: I will say, just speaking of cozy, I think it might be in Ireland. There's literally a station called Cozy TV, mm-hmm. and Muriel Schroed is like on repeat there. Just oh, it's it's in
0: the U.S. too. Cozy oh, TV. Is it, oh,
2: is it a thing here? Oh, I thought. it was oh, just like oh, yes. In Europe or something. <laughs> I okay.
0: we've we've discovered it and. Um... I don't know why we're not on it. But anyway, I don't want to get into mm-hmm. that. Um, you guys yeah, so need to do on one, one of those like
2: shows where you host, like you do an intro to the show. Mm-hmm. Like they did like dinner in a movie that was on what TNT or whatever. All this right, year. right, right. Like that would be the perfect thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the someone who has never seen the show before, I would just like walk up to them, wrap a blanket around them and hand them a cup of tea. <laughs> and I'd be like, this is Murder, She Wrote. Does that make sense?
1: <laughs> yeah, I would say it's a retired English teacher. In an old town, a small town where, yeah, where murder is constantly happening. And it's always light and it always gets solved because Jessica solves everything and she's a queen.
2: It is the most lighthearted murder you'll ever see because, like, nothing is, there's there's nothing over the top, there's nothing, like, we watched one episode where you actually saw Blood, and we were, like, just, like, taking aback. Like, graphic. oh, my goodness. Did you write a letter to the network? We did, like, I don't know why. This is <laughs> in my DVD set. Please take it out. It is just, you get, not only is it just, like, comfy and cozy, because Cabot Cove is, I want to retire there. I've never wanted to visit Maine until I watched the show. Now I have to go to Maine.
3: The New I've, England magic.
2: Yeah, I've never been to New England, like, oh, I need to go there immediately, and I want to stay in, like, like, the place you were just, like, the writer's, retreat you were talking about, like, I wanted to, like, stay in a house that's overlooking the ocean, where you see it, like, I don't want to leave that house, I don't want to, like, go, like, maybe I'll go into Mm -hmm. town and grab, like, supper, because I'm sure they call it supper there. (laughs) (laughs) They do, yeah. And it's like, yeah, I just want to do that. And also, a great thing about it is, Angela, since Angela Lansbury was a star, like, she's been, like, a big deal since the 40s. So, when she got on that show, all these classic actors and actresses that were past their prime, maybe not seeing a lot of paychecks, maybe needed a little help. She had them on. So every episode, especially on the first like four seasons, you recognize somebody. There's so many classic faces and great actors who are still great actors, by the way. They come on and like, they interact with Jessica. It's like, you just, it's just so much fun. Like to see Angela Lansbury, who is a great actress. It's like, she turns in a performance. Like she was yeah. nominated for an Emmy every season she did the show mm-hmm. for a reason. Like, cause she is still acting her pants off, and she's electric. You cannot take your eyes off of her. There is something about her that it is whether she's it doesn't matter what she's whether she's playing Jessica Fletcher or you know Sweeney Todd or whatever like whatever she's in she steals the show like she draws your attention.
0: It's so I mean, and the role is so iconic that it's really hard to even think of Angela Lansbury without thinking of Jessica. I Fletcher. know,
3: and that's how I always whenever I see her, that's my immediate thought. I can't disassociate her from the show, which is not a bad thing. But. Which
0: is so amazing because it's it's such a commitment to do a show that lasted as many seasons as it did. How many seasons did it get up to? 12. 12. Wow. There you go. I mean, and she's such a like an A-list talent of the theater, of film, mm-hmm. could be doing anything, but she's just plugging away at this show that I mean, back then episodes of tel- like season of television were epically long. Some, sometimes they still have to doing network episodes, but like now we're in like an era of shorter seasons where like a show might have mm-hmm. 10 episodes. Poor Angela Lansbury was committing to like 25 episodes a season. It's, it's a crazy.
2: Yeah. That's why when you get into later seasons, there are what they call bookend episodes uh, where yeah. Angela Lansbury is like, it is a bit much. So I'll introduce the episode at the top. We'll tell like a story that, Maybe it's even like a fictional, like they'll tell one of her books or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she'll come back at the end of the episode and be like, well, that wasn't that fun. <laughs> <laughs> so she needed a break, but, and it, it could have gone longer than that. But there was, she had like a bit of a feud with the head of CBS. So Oh, do you, know, you know what you about
0: Angela Lansbury? Who's that monster? Yeah, the
2: details? Yeah, well, they, he, she, in the sixth season, or I maybe mean, it was the eighth season. Anyway, she took over as an executive producer because she didn't like the direction of the show. Ratings were starting to slag. And she was hell-bent on fixing it, so she was, like, mm-hmm. going to quit. Like, she was basically like, I'm Angela Lansbury and I know what I'm doing, so let me do it. And ruffled some feathers or whatever. Who cares? And this guy was, like, held a grudge. So at their, in their last season, season 12, took them from their Sunday night home and put mm-hmm. them on Thursday night up against Friends... And that's the ratings slagged Uh, enough that they canceled. So wait, Friends killed Murder, She Wrote? Friends killed Murder, She Wrote. And that's why I've never watched Friends.
1: Greatest tragedy Uh, of our time? Yeah, that's probably a good choice. But there was (laughs) one, um, it was totally throwing shade at Friends. And they had an episode where it was on the set of basically Friends, but they called it Buds. But it still had the dots between it and the Did they all get murdered? No, it was, well, it was like they were all bickering and I mm-hmm. think there was a murder within them, but it was just blatant shade and it just made me love her even more because I'm like, Yes, like they're uh I just live for I like all this trivia. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I have
0: to see that episode.
2: Yeah, that's season twelve. It's one like one of the last episodes. And then the final episode is actually called Death by Demographics.
0: <laughs> so, oh
2: my God, they were. Yeah, the writers, the writers room was really a little upset. bitter. Yeah, a wow. little bit, little bit.
0: Does the show? Because you, you sort of hopped around seasons. Does it feel? I mean, aside from like obviously the, the bookend episodes of season twelve or the the bitter episodes of season twelve. <laughs> But beyond that, like, does it feel like the show is the same season to season, like tonally, or does it shift over over the course of time?
1: I, I think we see some shifts, but it's also funny because these are also, like we said, episodes that people are recommending. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the cozier episodes, per se, are the ones that are, hold good memories for people are the ones that are heavy with Jessica. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of getting a lot of season two and season four, kind of their peaks. So we haven't really, I think, delved too much into too much different episodes, I would say.
2: Yeah. They get later in the the season, like in the series, they kind of get less Jessica centric. And like the friends episode, for instance, like we're maybe 20 minutes in before we even see Jessica, because they're setting up all these people and doing all this Mm -hmm. stuff. Like, I mean, you've written 12 seasons of murder mysteries. You're going to, you know, run out a little bit. So Mm -hmm. they have to do all this, you know, all this building and moving all these pieces around a board and then introduce Jessica. And it just kind of snowballs.
1: But they also, she goes to New York or Ireland for a few years, I think, New York. So they kind of leave Cabot Cove and it's a different vibe. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's good because it's still Jessica, but definitely not as. Feel good. The Streets New York. Yeah, they
0: finally get a reason, too, for all the dead bodies. Because, I mean, like, the the term Cabot Cove syndrome is related to the fact that everyone dies in Cabot Cove and they had to move it out. (laughs) So New York is nice. She she taught criminology for that season, right, in New York?
2: It was that, or I think, again, we haven't seen many episodes from there, but I think she was teaching writing. Oh, really? I think she was teaching like a writer's course.
0: Do you know what's confusing is, um, and we're going to talk about this on our next podcast, so stay yes. tuned. Um, but we're also reading the novelizations of Murder, She Wrote. And they completely like retcon a lot of things that she does because I just read a book mm-hmm. and I said, oh, well, I taught criminology in New York for a year. And I'm like, oh, that must have been what she was teaching. But it probably was writing. And then they even say there's a, there's a line in the book I'm reading now and she says like she insults a teacher and it's like but you were one and it's and mm-hmm. she's like oh I, I wouldn't know how to teach it's, it's like what the, the whole pilot is you being a retired english teacher and right like yeah, <laughs> oh yeah some
2: the, holes i listened to an audiobook of one of, of one of the books mm-hmm. and it was like they completely wrecked on it was uh, with sheriff metzger who kind of took took over as the sheriff right uh, I think after season 4 but like yeah, they retconned a lot of his stuff with his wife because he had like a naggy wife. <laughs> I want to call her Vera, but that's Norm's wife in Cheers, so I can't remember her name. <laughs> but yeah, they retconned like because again, it's like this the dude that's writing him. I think Bane? Donald Bain yeah. is his name. He's what has he got to lose? Come on, Are well, he's going to
0: get some. He goes rogue a lot. We'll, we'll get into that on that episode. Yeah. But I just I just had to like I had to justify my confusion over that point, but. But yeah, it's um, it's it's such a cozy show. And also, what I love about Murder She Wrote is that when I'm talking about cozy mysteries, like like the Donald Bain versions of Murder She Wrote, and like books basically about, you know, a scenic town in New England, like Cabot Cove, um, where you there's a amateur sleuth who solves a murder. There's no blood. It's all kind of domestic. Murder She Wrote is essential for explaining that. I'm like, have you seen Murder She Wrote? People are like, yes, okay, well, that's a cozy mystery. That's that's exactly what mm-hmm. it is. So. I really think, like, I mean, that show is probably responsible for bringing in and retaining a huge audience for Cozy Mysteries and, or establishing one.
2: Absolutely. And I think, again, just you were talking about, like, just kind of the visuals of it all. Like, the early seasons are especially great because they do have – they filmed on location a lot. So you get these just – if they're standing out, like, on a on a bluff overlooking the ocean, mm-hmm. they're actually standing on a bluff overlooking the ocean. Mm-hmm. And you can see the wind and everything. Like, it's – they didn't move to the – kind of the studio lot until a little Mm -hmm. bit later, but it was just, yeah, I think that added to the coziness as like, yeah, they're actually like, it's, they're actually there. Like, it's so, it's so beautiful. Plus that
0: theme song. There is nothing cozier than the theme song to Murder, She Wrote. No, hands down best theme song of all time. cozy but have, having like so you you usually review the episodes that people uh have they've resonated with people the most would you say there's like a formula i mean c- cozy mysteries are formulae kind of in and of themselves but within those episodes obviously you said that they're jessica fletcher heavy so you see a lot of jess what are some other elements to the more popular episodes of murder she wrote is there like similar weather is there a similar type of plot what what what, what makes a, an episode of murder she wrote particularly cozy
2: well, of the of the twelve seasons, there was only a handful of them of them that were actually in Cabot Cove. Because mm-hmm. one of the, Jessica's things is like, like you were saying earlier, like she like her niece gets killed, or like her niece is involved in a it's murder. Always her niece. Yeah, so she has to go to New York <laughs> to save them or whatever. Her brothers and
0: sisters are terrible at raising kids. I just have to say that.
2: Yeah. yeah, very absent parents. Very absent parents. So she's not in Cabot Cove a lot, and the recommended episodes. Are heavily skewed towards Kabako. So people mm-hmm. love that small town. Mm-hmm. Jessica, like riding her bike, going over to uh, Doc Hazlitt's house, just kind of like the familiar elements of the show, which is like the recurring characters, and a like beauty parlor called Loretta's. Mm-hmm. And the ladies of Loretta's factor heavily into like four episodes, only four episodes, all four of them and re- recommended. We've done all four <laughs> of them already because people love. Just like the characters of Cabot Co. So I think for me, those are the ones that I notice recurring the most are the ones that are that keep those familiar things like her relationship with Doc Hazlitt and mm-hmm. Sheriff Metzger and Loretta's ladies.
1: The only thing I would add to that, too, is I think smaller spaces in a way. So Cabot Cove, but also we just watched one recently where they were doing an excavation. and But they were in an isolated archaeological dig and they're camping in little areas. And I think maybe more intimate settings, even if it's in the middle of a desert where it's a group of people and they're all in close proximity to one another, as opposed to there was one in like New York, and you're, they're walking around the streets right. or in other locations where they're not as, I don't know. In confined spaces. Exactly. I say more confined. Yeah, that's
3: why I would imagine the New York season didn't do as well because
1: I, I've, you know, it wouldn't be as cozy
3: to me. That's why you want the New England feel or at least a small town feel with the characters you're familiar with and whatnot. I'm surprised that you even choose a smaller city like Boston, for instance. That, mm-hmm. seemed, that would seem more fitting for the show, yeah. Odd I don't know. Choice.
2: Yeah, they went in a weird direction because I think yeah, that's a lot of the stuff as people liked as because it is a small town thing. Like I grew up in Montana, and it is even though I didn't grow up watching the show, I, there's still like such a huge nostalgic hit to it because it is any small town almost. Like you recognize aspects yeah. of any small town. Having grown up in one, it's like yeah, that is exact. Like they really do nail it. I think they were the writers were like they probably all grew up in small towns because they like all those elements of it it just rang so true. So I think that's why going back to Cabot Cove, they're like, yeah, that's that's what works the best. And that's why maybe later on, we don't have as many people recommending, you know, when she's running around New York City.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: it makes sense. You
0: mentioned Doc Hazlitt earlier. Let's take a second to talk about Jessica Fletcher's love life because I watched an episode last night and it the basically this, the episode was Jessica's niece's husband <laughs> <Tough
3: word>. <laughs> <laughs> that commits niece. su-
0: suicide. And, um, anyway, not to bring it, sorry. Uh, I feel like I just brought it down. Like, let's cozy. My, and yeah. so cozy. It was by the fire. Yeah. There was a mug of cocoa next to his body. We should
2: all be so lucky together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, so, um, she's getting over that. They go on a cruise, uh, kind of just to take a vacation. And they're getting all these messages from the dead husband that's like messing with her mind. And there's a whole plot behind that, that, that Jessica solves. Also in the episode is Leslie Nielsen, who is her is the captain of the ship and they have this like strangely flirtatious relationship and the episode ends with him asking her to dinner and i feel like that's about as far as i think jessica's ever gotten i feel like it's a bunch of yeah gentlemen who request to dine with jessica fletcher and we're meant to infer something from that that maybe there's some follow up but she ha- has she had like any l- passion I, it's, I, yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, her, her. she's a widow, right? So yes. her, Frank? Frank. Frank mm-hmm. is dead. And so I don't know if it was, like, out of respect to Frank, or maybe they thought that the the viewing audience would have, like, thought that she was, you know, a floozy if she floozy. were, you know, had a life after Frank. <laughs> but I I don't know. I, I'm curious to, to know, like, does she ever, like, date people in the show? Like, does her love life get explored love ever? Love boyfriend? Because mm-hmm. I do know that, going back to what I said about Doc Hazlitt, that's kind of like a teased will they, won't they, but I I guess we never know.
2: One of Angela Lansbury's, before she ever took the job, because they went to other people before they went to Angela Lansbury for mm-hmm. the role, Jean uh, Stapleton famously was attached to it first from uh, All in the Family. That fell through when they came to Angela Lansbury. One of her things for taking the show was no love stories. Jessica Fletcher... It's not gonna be a, depending on a man, or gonna be some love thing. She is a lady doing it for herself, Mm -hmm. and she doesn't want any of that. So they do, almost going back to the recurring themes, is like, I don't know if it's every episode or just the episodes people recommend. They are, dudes are constantly flirting with J.B. Fletch. (laughs) Whether they're 22 or 82, <laughs> there's always someone trying to throw the moves on Yeah, her. one of the workers on the boat was
0: like, oh, it was a guy with doing a horrible Italian accent with a mustache, and he asked her to if, if she wants to see his <laughs> hoochie coochie. Oh. And Jessica, you know, she took it in stride, but later joked with Leslie Nielsen, like, I hope you won't show me your hoochie coochie. Anyway, it was pretty hot. Yeah,
1: well. <laughs> I think she's kind of... I so in the intro you see she still wears her wedding ring which mm-hmm. I think is the thing and like Ben said everyone is flirting with her um but in this last episode that we just watched she plays her cousin and her cousin was kissing someone and it was so startling for me to <laughs> yeah. see because I'm like I get that that's not Jessica but it's still Angela Lansbury kissing someone on screen and it was just so not a part of any episode we've ever seen before. So just seeing her have an actual interaction with someone was very startling. And I think there was one episode where she did kind of show some interest in someone and then he ended up being a killer. So
2: Spoiler alert. Yeah. The pilot is like <laughs> the pilot is like the only time where she like kind of shows some interest in somebody and then he kind of ends up being. Well, figures. I love that
3: she stood her ground on that issue. Once again, you're bringing that trivia. I had no idea
2: yeah she yeah she did want it to be, and I think that's another one of the endearing things about this is it wasn't she's a woman in her fifties and sixties when she's doing the show. she's a woman helming a show at that age, point to one like how how many of those are there and so she she wanted to do it her way, and she didn't when she wanted to mm-hmm. be like she wanted to show like yeah this this is possible and she i mean how many shows have done that since? Yeah, it's incredible.
0: I think it really is so smart because there are so many love triangles and cozy mysteries, and sometimes it is intriguing and it it pays off. But a lot of times, it overshadows the mystery and it kind of takes away from the coziness because. It's so formulaic Mm
1: -hmm. and it's
0: like, can we just skip this whole thing that I know is going to end this way because I've seen a romantic comedy before. And and it feels like it just avoids all of those tired cliches and embraces the tired cliches of the cozy mystery genre.
2: Yeah. (laughs) One of like, we have talked about like, you know, Jess and Doc Hazlitt's relationship before. Mm -hmm. And I've, my belief is that Hazlitt is just her gay BFF. Like he was, you know, Mm. he's, an old dude he was married in the past and people are like no he was married he's not gay I don't like because they don't they they do want that Mm -hmm. like they love that will they won't they kind of thing or it's almost like it's almost like just a mutual admiration that doesn't is not a
3: romantic one it's not a romantic
2: love but it is they absolutely love each other but it's just not a romantic love but it's like he's just like you know kind of like a bachelor she's a bachelorette
3: yeah I think it just point you know highlights the fact that People can be friends. Like even the book, yeah. she's spending a lot of time just with to have company with someone else, just to grab dinner. So she doesn't go alone. She's more than happy to go alone, but it's, sometimes it's just nice to have another person. She to is chat so social. She's always inviting so people social. to dine with her and oh, yeah. like, wow. dancing the whole yeah. nine yards. She loves to dance. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah,
2: and it, and I like that. It, it almost seems like you know Frank was her one true love, and she's like, I don't need. Yeah. I've been there, else. done I'm that, and I, I had. I'm not going to achieve that again. I had it, and I'll just enjoy the rest of my life. I'm not going to look back and be like, oh, too bad that's gone. She's like, no, I'm going to soldier on and I'm going to live the rest of my life.
0: I'm glad that she really put her foot down and had a vision for the show. Even going back to, she recently was interviewed about her possible reboot and she's gone back and forth Uh, on expressing interest about returning to the show. I think... Most recently, she seemed to express some some level of interest, or maybe I'm getting that confused with the last time she was interviewed about it. But (laughs) she's also said, "Look, I'm a totally different woman than I am now. Like, it it just really wouldn't be the same." And she wants people to think of Jessica Fletcher as the spry um, woman in the show and not really, you know, what she is now, which Mm -hmm. is you know a pretty elderly woman. So the that sounded so rude. I I feel like no, I want mean, to find a different way to say that. But it's true. That. I mean she basically said that. Right? There's
3: another no way to say yeah. it. I mean, it wouldn't be the same show because of that reason. That's I know mm-hmm.
0: she 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 you know just wouldn't be as active in the show mm-hmm. as as she was then. And I, I totally respect that too. And I know they tried to reboot it with Octavia Spencer. Right? What do you guys think about attempts to either like reboot the show with Octavia Spencer, or um or bring. Uh, Angela Lansbury back for, like, a movie or something.
2: A oh, movie, maybe.
0: <laughs> a whole movie, okay.
2: Because she has done, the, I think the most recent movie was, like, 2004?
0: Really? Little
2: woman too. And she was a Little Woman But, yeah, the most recent... Oh, her most recent.
0: Not, not... Oh, no, not the most watcher. recent Murder,
2: She Wrote movie was, like, 2000... Early 2000s. Okay. I don't want to say exactly. So she has come back for four movies mm-hmm. after the series ended. And the most recent one was, like, 14 years ago or something. But in terms of a reboot, I've... I've never tried to hold anything up as like too sacred because I remember, let me tell you a quick, let me tell you a quick story. Let's go back in time. I remember when Daniel Craig became James Bond Mm -hmm. and there was an uproar because a blonde James Bond, how dare you? You're (laughs) spitting in the face of Ian Fleming. (laughs) This is ridiculous. And I was like, yeah, you know what? There's a tradition and they need to honor it. How dare they do that? And I'm like, literally like mad about this, having seen zero James Bond movies. (laughs) And I'm like, why am I getting worked up? Why would I care? Watch Casino Royale, which is, I think, easily the best James Bond movie. It's very good, yeah. Um, So I'm like, what am I doing? So like that silly little incident that happened, I was like, yeah, no, nothing is too sacred. So if you want to reboot it, fine. I don't think that's a problem. Like If you want to do it, mm-hmm. do it. If it doesn't work or whatever, then you know what? It's not like the original run is any less good mm-hmm. because of a bad
0: reboot. No, you it's a healthy the outlook, yeah. Nothing, nothing happens that original.
1: But if they do reboot it, they better not give whomever an Emmy because if Jessica didn't win 12 Emmys and this new person does, I would be very lucky. Which didn't win
0: one Emmy? No. But Golden Globes, yes. Globes. I believe I believe so, yeah. They'll give a globe to anyone though. So That's the thing mean? is like, I mean, does it go a Golden Globe. <laughs> I was going to say
2: I was like I could probably, you know, I'll I'll do something get a Golden Globe tomorrow. <laughs> it's not that hard. But yeah, 0 for 12 on the on the Emmys. And she I'm, was I'm
0: shocked yeah. robbed. We need Jessica Fletcher on the case of solving who stole Angela Lansbury's Emmys. Do you all have a favorite episode of Murder, She Wrote after, you know, watching over 40 of them?
1: Honestly, the last one I think might have been my favorite because it was double Angie Lance because she was playing her cousin mm-hmm. and herself. And so you got to see her being... Two completely different characters. You got to see her singing, wearing crazy outfits and crazy eye makeup, and having an accent. But it was still holding true to Angela Lansbury. So I think probably the and we haven't even covered that yet. But I think that was my favorite so far.
2: That one is up there. That one certainly is. I think mine is still an a little episode called. If it's Thursday, it must be Beverly. Okay,
1: take it back. That's actually
2: okay. It's that title is so intriguing. (laughs) It's so it's so great. I don't really want to give too much away, but we learn relatively early on, I think, that if it's Thursday, it must be Beverly refers to there's I think it was the mailman, is basically found like kind of all the widows on his route and he basically (laughs) hooks up with one of the widows on every like they each have their own night and Thursdays is Beverly. And so It's like peak Loretta's ladies because you get all the ladies in the beauty parlor doing their thing. There's a woman whose name is Ideal Malloy, <laughs> and her name alone, I love. It it's, sounds like a Bond girl. It absolutely sounds like a Bond girl. Loretta has one of those <laughs> those deeps. This is Loretta, and it's so she sounds like Harvey Firestein. <laughs> like she's so great. Like so, you get all these wonderful characters, and it's all gossipy. And you do you spend so much time in there. Like the crime is almost like a. Not even an afterthought, but it's like, it doesn't go anywhere really. It's just about spending time in this beauty parlor and it's so much fun. And Jessica kind of goes in and the ladies are all gossipy, but Jessica's kind of above it all. She just goes in, chats with her friends, but doesn't engage in the gossip. And it's just like a classy lady.
0: Another question I have is like, is there, what's the most insane, because you've been thinking about these episodes, the series for so long, what is the most insane, noteworthy piece of trivia that you've learned as a result of hosting a show about Murder, <laughs> She wrote?
1: I don't think this is insane, but I feel like this is more of a fact that I learned that's more of a testament to who she is as a person is she had one of her friends who I think was disabled or was having a lot of health issues. And so she had her work on the show as a side character so she could get her SAG award and be covered for insurance. And I thought that was just like such a sweet little thing she did. And it just kind of so endearing and really sweet. That's so that sweet, warmed yeah, my so heart. It's really nice. You know, it's a
0: more reasons to love Angela Lansbury. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Exactly. I'm like, Oh, you're just a sweet baby angel. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My,
2: yeah. Behind the scenes stuff I think is like what I go to too. Cause she, she took over as executive producer. The ratings were lagging. and She's like, here's what we're going to do. And she brought the ratings back up. Like it was, it started to slip. They gave the reins to Angela Lansbury and the ratings went right back up. So she's the star of the show, but she's basically running the ship. And to go from starting, like, she came over here as a refugee from World War II during the, uh, the the Blitz in London. She, like, her and her family came over here, like, and it's just. And at the age of 18, she was one of the youngest Oscar nominees ever. Oh,
0: wow. I didn't know that.
2: She was nominated for Gaslight in 1944 anyway but in the mid 40s anyway
0: we'll forgive you for not... <laughs> <laughs> i can't remember the name uh, of billy madison so you're <laughs> you're fine
2: so she's not, so just to have such a the career like that and she had a lot of like like great roles but then like early in her career like she was playing elvis's mom when she was 3 years older than elvis and it's like she kind of got relegated to these yeah. old lady roles mm-hmm. super early on but she still she soldiered on. She made it work, and, and she, she rocks those roles. Yeah, absolutely. Like the maybe the greatest movie villain of all time is the Manchurian Candidate, mm-hmm. and it's one hundred percent in that performance. So it's I just think her just kind of taking control of the show and just being like, "No, here's what we're going to do," and just and and course correcting this show for another six seasons in it as a number one show is is insane to me.
3: had yeah. that level of confidence at that time. It's pretty incredible yeah, yeah.
0: oh it, it, and it reminded me too actually even just talking about how amazing she is the costumes mm-hmm. I love I love her her clothes and I wonder how much control she I'm, I'm assuming all of it but I think her clothes are always on point and they're still they still look like they would be iconic today like she could walk down the street in that outfit mm-hmm. and be like she. she's really looking sharp
1: I literally (laughs) just got a new pair of um, glasses that were JB inspired. (laughs) And everything she wears, we always, that ends up what we talk about most of the time. I came to work today. I was like, that leopard coat with the cape from last night (laughs) is ideal. I want it. I want everything about her wardrobe. I feel like it's just recycling and it's now everything's back on. It's really amazing. It's it's
0: delightful. It it always has like all these amazing details and all of her clothes flow in a really beautiful way. I could go on and on.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, she wears, and it's, like, age-appropriate, but it's still, like, she's not, like, reserved to, like, old lady clothes. Like, Mm -hmm. if she's going to a ball or something, she's wearing a gown, and she is wearing that gown. But then she also has just, like, these cozy knit sweaters that... Oh, the knit sweaters do it. That are, yeah, yeah, fantastic.
1: I think it was in the pilot episode, it was a costume party, and she showed up as the Good Witch of the West. And it was just the most eccentric, beautiful, but just perfect costume. It didn't seem out of place, mm-hmm. and everything. Again, I just wanted my own wardrobe. It's
0: amazing. So, where can people watch Murder She Wrote now? Nowhere, because I again I tried to watch an episode discs. last night. I had to like <laughs> find it illegally, unfortunately just to just to watch it to have it fresh in my mind. Because I I, I really would have paid for it. I looked on Amazon. I looked on. Obviously, it's off of Netflix. It's not on Hulu. It's nowhere. I think you just have to buy the DVDs.
1: I think so too. I signed a petition on change.org <laughs> to keep it on there. Well, I think we've
0: solved the problem. Though. I mean, I yeah. I was
1: really, really upset about it. And then Ben bought the box set. So I'm watching it there and he just bought me the DVDs too. Aww. But I know. It's like if he they take care it, right? of everything, it's so cozy. Aww. Yeah, it's really frustrating, especially because we want to be able to watch it with people and it's mm-hmm. so becoming less and less accessible right now. Right, I don't even have a
0: DVD player. Like, I want to... You know what? I would buy the whole series because, like, why not? I deserve it. It's it's great, yeah. mm-hmm. but... It seems
1: like a perfect where, show where to where stream.
0: Where would I play it? I know, perfect show to stream. I don't understand. Maybe yeah. it's too much data. Like, maybe... Yeah. They don't have storage space to log all 12 seasons of Murder, She Wrote on yeah, one platform. Yeah, hundreds of
2: episodes of <laughs> yeah. Murder, She Wrote.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's just too big. Too big to stream.
2: Well.
0: Well, but it's worth finding. I mean, Try to find presents. a DVD. Yes, not, not you a can't... Present. You can find straight episodes. You can watch like a little postage stamp on the corner on Daily Motion like I did. Um wouldn't YouTube. recommend it, but,
3: but no, have...
0: no scrubbed off of YouTube. Good uh, luck. I no think clips? they have
2: I think the Hallmark channel still might show okay. it. That's okay. Thank you. So it's also on Hallmark. It's on Just not during the month of December. And it's that's on when it's, it's, it's on their
0: Murders and Mysteries channel.
2: I can see it on my dial. My dial again, what am I? <laughs> <laughs> I can see that program on my dial. <laughs> But it's like, I don't know how to get it. It's like, you don't have this channel. It's like, is it really a channel? I think you're I think you're messing with me.
0: And also, it's not one of the things you can just put on on-demand. You have to like truly be watching it like at 11 p.m. at night. It's like, okay, no.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Life it's doesn't like, work like this anymore. Do I want a DVR full of Murder, She Wrote? I guess I do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Any other final thoughts on Murder, She Wrote before we move on?
2: Guys, listen to Murder, We Spoke. <laughs> <laughs> listen to Murder, We Spoke. <laughs> we, Mur- <laughs> yeah. yeah. um, we take recommendations we're only doing 70 episodes so we only have a few left so get your recommendations in and we want to watch your favorite episode and we want to talk about it and know why you love this episode
3: and where can they send the recommendations to
2: you guys we are on all the social medias (laughs) we're even on snapchat believe it or not yeah marissa forced me on it um (laughs) on twitter on instagram murder we spoke on all those on facebook anywhere
0: we're gonna move into our next segment which is Celebrities That Calm Us. Who, who will we discuss today (laughs) on Celebrities That Calm Us? I'll go ahead and get started. The Celebrity That's Calming Me is based on the episode that I watched last night because I just, it's hard to think of them. And so you just kind of take the first one you get and it's Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen is profoundly cozy to me. And when I found out that he was in a Murder, She Wrote episode, I... That's the one that I chose to watch. I was like, okay, so I really have to to see him in this. He's just so he's so funny, but also I mean, he's just a great actor. He's very serious. I think and that's why he is so funny. He's a great straight man. He can just deliver deadpan the deadpan line delivery. And that's like that's the whole joke of um the Naked Gun movies is it's this ridiculous person who says awful things who thinks he's in an action movie, but he's in a comedy. Mm-hmm and he's just brilliant, and he's not really funny in the episode of Murder, She Wrote I watched. He's just kind of just the captain of the ship, which is, I felt myself on the verge of laughing the entire time I was watching. It was like waiting for him to make a joke or something, but I just enjoyed seeing him, and I, I realized how much of, of an integral part of my childhood he was because I feel like, I don't know, I, I the Naked Gun movies were just on constantly on cable when I was in like middle school and high school, and I feel like, I just soaked them up in a weird way and so I watched a clip clip show of them on YouTube Not a clip show it wasn't like a, it was there wasn't a host or anything it was just it was just a clips of the naked like naked gun one liners and they they are like horribly inappropriate and I mean very problematic now but also also kind of, yeah, also kind of funny still and um and just his line delivery is brilliant he's just so serious and mm-hmm. also and Nicole Smith was in one of the clips and I was like oh I miss yeah. you I miss Anna Nicole. Anyway, I oh, won't we'll go too. down that road. That's not cozy. But, um no. Yeah, Leslie Nielsen. I think, I think he was just, you know, we talk about this all the time, and now we say to him, should we Work say the horses? word cozy. Workhorses. He's a workhorse actor, just constantly <laughs> delivers, never fails. Yeah. And, and for that reason, my cozy celebrity is
2: Leslie Nielsen. And there's a good reason. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think he might even do more than one episode of Murder, Wrote because one of the... Oh, yeah, he's recurring. Yeah, one of the trends is they have the same actor on multiple times. Mm-hmm. Very rarely, if ever, play the same person. Right. And so I am pretty sure Leslie Nielsen appears early in the series and then a little later in the series. Mm-hmm. So I think – so go back for more Leslie Nielsen. We'll do. Um, Jillian, wh- who's your
0: cozy celebrity?
3: Uh, John Mulaney. I hope I didn't say him before. <laughs> it's hard. One of our well, lovely he's adorable, listeners so – adorable, you can say him twice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of our listeners created a long list of uh, – John Pernicek, right? Mm-hmm. Um, of all our cozy celebrities. as this big Google Doc, so have to add him. But, um, yeah, he's just adorable – his comedy, I actually laugh out loud It pretty much all of his stand up. Um, I love the relationship he has with his wife. His Instagram is super adorable. He just celebrated his birthday, which happens to be my dad's birthday. So also, a really cute photo cozy. of him with a cake. It was an amazing cake. It has yeah. um, succulents on it. I, I, someone told me his wife made it. So yeah, and he's from the Midwest. So he's just super earnest. He just seems like a good guy can really do no wrong. So if there's ever a scandal about him,
0: I know. I'll be don't tell Julian. <laughs> I know you just jinxed yourself. He's like dark. he's super earnest, can do no wrong. Like tomorrow we're gonna find out. Like
3: <laughs> yeah. PizzaGate like
0: dungeon. A he's on PizzaGate. Yeah.
1: She's just gonna be in a corner, a cop, rocking, pizza looking pizza at that gate. succulent cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you ever see him trending on Twitter, don't click on it. Yeah. It's either something great, he's dead, or something. Some yeah, like yeah, you know, yeah. A it's of. probably or for the best. Or if he's on
0: comedians and cars getting coffee, right. Um, yeah. That's a solid choice. Yeah. How about you guys? Who, who is your who who is your cozy celebrity?
1: Love that. Um, mine's Keith Morrison from Dateline. Uh, yes,
0: you two are speaking the same language. Really? I know, He's I, rea- I realize that
1: between the Housewives and Dateline. Um, uh. so because I'm a psychopath, I fall asleep to Dateline of Forensic Files every <laughs> night, and it's something about the soothing voices. Um, and there's just something so familiar and sing. How he speaks Mm -hmm. is just so relaxing, and he can say the most absurd things or talk to you know the family of murder victims. But it's just very—I don't know—it's just soothing. You can't explain. And then when he's there, he's like he's always leaning on something, and it's like a weathered fences, yeah, exactly. And you'll see him in a leather jacket. You're like Keith, is that okay? Like you can rock anything, and. I guess I've just been falling asleep to his voice for so long that it's permanently, I can't, it's an ongoing joke where I can't stay awake for a full episode of Dateline, so every <laughs> Dateline is like a three-parter for me because I fall asleep on the couch and then have to restart it, but it's just really relaxing to me and it just brings me back.
0: Those Dateline episodes last a long time.
1: As they should. Yeah, I mean I mean they're one hour sorry, sorry. or the Saturday night mystery which is two, and Shall those and are sh- the good ones, but I always tell Ben if I get murdered and Keith isn't the one who's doing it, I'm going to be offended. Just don't have a dateline yeah, for Yeah, I even talked to my mom about this. We yes, talked about you have it. to, because you. I'm,
3: yeah.
0: At that point, you have to murder the dateline host until the, <laughs> only Keith is left to do it. And exactly. they only have, like,
3: two photos of the murder victim. They just play them over and over. So please, I have to get more photos. <laughs> like, oh, at least I've, show five. <laughs> my
1: sisters and mom already know which pictures to use of me <laughs> in case I'm missing. That's amazing. So they'll, like, know to find me. But then once I'm, they find me dead, so, I don't know. They can remember me well. like, I wonder puppy. what photos they
0: would run of us. I feel like they'd probably, like, run the All Things Cozy podcast <laughs> photos of, like, us on um, a candle.
2: How, yeah. how devastating.
1: I don't, I don't think ben, ben, I think, said, he's like, I wouldn't be on your date line. I'm like, okay, great. Thank you so much.
2: They would just have, like, yeah, my, pic, my face blurred out. Like, decided not to, yeah, would not agree to be interviewed.
0: <laughs> yeah. Keith Morrison is a, an All Things Cozy all-star. So, yeah, good pick. Solid choice.
2: Like I said, I've been watching a lot of movies lately because of Letterboxed, And so there's two celebrities that have just been, like, just giving me all the feels. One is Keanu Reeves, because I watched the Bill & Ted movies, the second one for the first time, and it is a Stone Cold classic. Mm-hmm. But just Keanu Reeves in that surfer, even, like, Point Break, rewatch Point Break, just, like, that surfer Keanu, him lying in, uh, in bed like silk sheets with Lori Petty, And it's just like everything about it, like they're on the beach, and he's like, "I'm an FBI agent, but like I'm also like in love with this surfer chick, and I want to go." Like, I'm late to my own raid. It's just like (laughs) it's just so great. And the Bill and yeah, and the Bill and (laughs) Ted stuff. I am so now excited for the third Bill and Ted movie. I'm losing my mind. Cannot wait for it. I just like yeah, Keanu Reeves is and him doing this press tour with Winona.
3: Oh yeah, and then doing
2: that that that's yeah, and then doing that weird. Like, uh, I don't even know if it was, like, just before the interview started, but they're, like, being called iconic so much that she's, like, hey, Keanu, you want to go do something iconic? Let's go do something iconic. <laughs> just mm. like them just being, like, jokey about, like, yeah, we're iconic. Like, it's just, like, so cute, and I love it. He's a really good person, too. And you never hear a negative word about Keanu. Yeah, right. I haven't right. heard so, any did, negative did, stuff. did he
0: donate, like, a huge portion of his Matrix salary to the crew?
2: To the crew oh. that worked on it? Yeah, absolutely.
3: Wow. That's...
2: He's a class act. Yeah.
3: He seems very calming, too.
2: Yeah, there's like, he's there's nothing, even when he tries to play someone like super intense, like Neo or something, it's not that intense. Yeah. He, he He's incapable of being intense. He's very steady. He's very steady. Yeah, he's just very chill, laid back. And I'll go through my second one real quick. Again, old movies, John Wayne. I've been watching a lot of John Wayne movies. And it's like, again, it's one of those things I never grew up on. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, going back and watching all these old Westerns is just, it's so soothing. Because again, you see all these great locations and the Duke is just—he's the Duke. Like I don't know what, like I didn't even know what to say. Like he's just so—he's like the biggest man in the room. He's got the broad shoulders, but he still can be so small and vulnerable. And or he can just be like in a silly Western where he's like punching out you know horses and stuff. Like he's—he's mm-hmm. he's got the range. Punching horses. You know, and like you don't was, see that
0: image on the Franklin Mint plates.
2: And it, like it was the '50s, so he probably actually punched a horse. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> This is before, like, you know, PETA was on set making sure you didn't hurt anybody. Back, back in those days, actors punched their own horses. Yeah. And I just watched, like, stagecoach, uh, like, the stunts that they would do back then. Like, you're just watching. It's like the, they're watching John Wayne ride on a horse. Duel. It's like you would not, a major celebrity like that, maybe outside of Tom Cruise, because Scientology works. Outside of <laughs> Tom Cruise, like, no one's doing their own stunts like that. Like, he was on the horse. He's doing all this stuff. And it's, it's just amazing and fun to watch.
0: like yeah, I, I need to watch more John Wayne. I feel like my mom would be proud of me. She loves a lot of old... Like she's, she's basically become a TCM addict. Yeah. All she does now is text me about the TCM movies she's watching. and I actually really love it. Like I'm, I'm learning a lot. She, I'm learning a lot about old Hollywood. So keep it up, mom.
2: Definitely, yeah, uh, yeah. TCM She's gonna listen
0: to this. <laughs> <laughs> Parents don't know how podcasts yeah. work. No, no, she does, but then she just like loses interest. I feel like. Well, I don't think she'll make it to this episode. We'll see. This is the, yeah, test. the test. This is the, this test. Is the test. We'll that see. I'm not gonna even mention this to her. We'll see if she'll, <laughs> she, if she notices. Um, That's perfect. Those are great choices. Um, and unfortunately, we're gonna wind down now with our candle review. This is another Patty Wax candle. I'm sorry, I'm kind of obsessed with Patty Wax. They're in a great <laughs> price range, and they're usually pretty solid. This is a smaller candle. It's like a nice little eight dollar tin. Um, it's like two wicks, and I love the, the tin. It, it's a really cute yeah. tin. You could use that for. You know, any sorts of little things that you want to, matches, I guess, or whatever you want to put in a little tin, (laughs) pills, I don't know. And it's the William Shakespeare Library Candle. So it's a library candle series Mm -hmm. where um, each candle has a quote from... The author, although I had read online that the quote, and I did, I didn't write down the quote, and now that the lids close or open, so I can't see it, and we'll never know. But they say it was like not actually a William Shakespeare quote, which is embarrassing for them. Anyway, <laughs> sounds about right. So th- they divide their, their their scent notes by three levels. So there's top, middle, and base. Oh. So there's some new Ooh. vocabulary for us as candle reviewers. Um, the top note is eucalyptus, sweet lime, and cardamom, and the middle notes iris, lemongrass, papyrus. And the base is palm, sandalwood, and bamboo.
3: A lot. I mean, I love it. I think it's great.
2: I, I am getting the woodsy notes of it, honestly, and it is really good.
0: I'm getting, it's It's a little sweet. It's, it, are you getting like a sweet, is that like the lemon piece of that? got to
1: be. You know what's weird to me? It reminds me of shaving cream, like a Barbasol yeah. or something yeah, to yeah. me. I don't know why, but but not in like a overpowering way, mm-hmm. just like a subtle, like, Someone just lathered some shaving cream on their face. That's a little
0: Barbasol-y. I think Barbasol.
3: I think I'm just biased towards the library series. I love their little tins, and I have had a few before in different scents, and Mm -hmm. I've always enjoyed them. So I I, I might be clouding my bias, but I like how it's not overpowering. It's just a light note Mm -hmm.
1: of it because we hate cloying. Yeah, that's super sweet. My favorite candle smell. I mean, one of them is eucalyptus and mint. So yeah. I like candles that have eucalyptus mm. in
0: it. Yeah, same. Anything with like a a wood base with base. And I'm using the words. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and the eucalyptus top note is really up my alley. Yeah, same. I like that too. It it smells like William Shakespeare. I guess. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know how
3: they decide to their notes for the different authors. I'd be curious.
2: Yeah, did he use a lot of papyrus? I don't know. Yeah.
0: It's like did he write with like a, a I don't know, some sprigs of eucalyptus
2: did next to him like He always had a wedge of lime in his mouth, you yeah. know. A sweet <laughs> lime. Yeah. Old Billy. He loved his <laughs> yeah. lime. Yeah. Silly Billy Geist, silly Yuck. Billy Shakespeare.
0: Um okay, so we have a convoluted rating process for candles. <laughs> we each can give the candle a wick. So there's a maximum of four wicks we can give this candle, and we're each, we each have one wick we can give it. So
3: and half wicks are okay.
0: Half wicks are okay. okay. Even, we've had guests who have given it fractions of wicks, so feel free to just go wild. There are no rules here, so, um, except for the ones I just laid out.
1: Is it based entirely off scent or also appearance?
0: Anything. Yeah. you can, yeah, you can, okay. you can, you can Total okay. package. Total package. So Marissa, I, we'll start with you, and okay. then Ben, Jillian, and me.
1: So I give it one wick.
0: Right? Okay. Is that what... Yes. Yep. One way that's okay, good. Okay, perfect. I'm
1: just like, I'm not great at math. One out of one. Great. Okay. Oh, yeah. I've,
0: we've been meaning to change this rating system since we started it. But, no, but... it's
1: kind of like a running joke. No, yeah. I love it. Um, we got to commit to it. I think it's... Jo- I, can, I'm, I know I said Barbasol, but it's jogging a scent memory that I can't really place right now. Mm-hmm. But it's a familiar scent, but a good... So I like that. And I also love rose gold. And I love that you can repurpose it for pills or whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm... One wick for me.
2: I think I'm going to go one wick as well. Scent-wise, I would have gone like three-quarter wick because it is a little sweet, but I do like the woodsy elements in it, and it's not overpowering. It's not too strong. It leaves just like a nice scent that, you know, you're not like, what is that? You don't walk into a room and be like, where is that coming Mm. from? But the tin, the tin puts it over the edge. So one wick.
3: And one wick for me.
0: I, I'm going to give it 0.75. I'm going to give it three quarter wick mm-hmm. just to record our. Like, I, I, cause I agree with Ben. Like, the, there's like a little bit of a cloying sweetness to mm-hmm. the scent that, like, ultimately could, I don't know, it could make my nose tired a little bit after a while. But I, I love the tin. It's ultimately, like, all around, like, pretty solid. And so it sounds like we're going to give it three and three-quarter wick. <laughs> yeah,
3: sounds good to me.
0: What a natural and comfortable rating. It just makes total sense <laughs> yeah. for a candle review. All right, so we want to shout out Jenny K. Brown for the wonderful five-star review. You mm. wrote that you loved this coziness, and we love your review. It's a, it's a, The feeling yeah. is mutual. Yeah,
3: whenever I read them, I get a little... Warm feeling inside. I know it keeps us going because we're literally getting
0: nothing else except for your praise. So, you know, thank you. Talking (laughs)
3: with people on Instagram and our Facebook group and our Facebook page. So it's always popping over in the Mm -hmm. Facebook group.
0: So please join Jenny in leaving us a. Five star review. I, I should just say review to be unbiased, but who's kidding oh, wow. anyone? Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. Um, we're fragile enough. But as we're very it is. grateful for we're an all things cozy podcast, right? This is this isn't this isn't WTF with Mark Marin, so you know our skin's really thin. <laughs> anyway, so yes, please uh, leave us a five star review, and you know you can join the Facebook group that we have. The more the merrier. We share cozy things in there. It's cute, yeah. um, and you can follow us on Instagram at All Things Cozy Podcast, and you can like us on Facebook. Why not? I mean, I don't know if anyone's still on Facebook, but if you're still there, hanging out,
3: yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> hang out with the rest of the Russians and the All Things Cozy podca- uh, podcast Facebook group, and, and like us on Facebook. Where can people find you, Mercer and Ben? Um, obviously, you said it a little earlier, but. Let's plug it again. It's worth yeah. it. Where can people More find your plugs. no? But you're wonderful and truly like last podcast standing for murder. She wrote.
2: Um, we just don't know when to quit. <laughs> when the, <laughs> the universe is telling us to, and we say no. Uh, murder. We spoke. We're on all the you know all the Social down all this yeah. Uh, murder. We spoke on Instagram, on Twitter. There is a Facebook group. We post s- stuff in there. Again, it's like Facebook is. Uh, the murder, sh- murder we spoke page, and all the racist family members I have that I block. So that's <laughs> yep. what Facebook. There that's what many. Facebook is to me. Um, yeah, and then we're on all the. You can download us wherever fine podcasts are found. Stitcher. Um, there's other ones I've signed up for that I know. You can tell Alexa to listen to our show and she'll do it now. I don't oh, know. Wow. I don't know how I pulled that off, but somehow that happened. That's cool. Oh no, um,
0: now I have to try that.
2: Yeah. Alexa, play murder we spoke, and she'll do it. Should right now
0: right now someone who's playing their podcast with an alexa nearby just started <laughs> playing your podcast that was very smart
2: yes and you do have to listen <laughs> you can't turn it off now you have to listen all the
0: way
3: through well, we loved having you on yeah, thank you so great. much thank you, thank
0: you for the banana bread this was so much Your fun. company
2: your patience yeah and
3: all your knowledge about the show mm-hmm. like I, i'm definitely gonna
1: look up all these extra facts when I, get
2: home. I mean we have to we have to bring something
1: you, you brought have a lot. To come on to ours. And oh, oh of course. Yeah, thank discuss you. Discuss more murder. Yeah. I know.
3: I have a fellow, not a murder enthusiast, but um, we're <laughs> a,
1: a, a fellow crime show. Let's call it what it
0: is. They're yeah. going to start a podcast called Murder We Did.
1: And yeah, exactly. And then plus half the time we talk about Real Housewives anyway, so it'll fit right. in. It'll be perfect. <laughs> Sounds good.
0: Amazing. Go listen to Murder We Spoke. Go subscribe right now. And as always, stay cozy. Bye.